The Aggies, the Jazz, the high schools. If it's the sport you care about, we're talking about it. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Good afternoon, everybody. Eric Franson, Andrzej Salveson. Full Court Press, we appreciate your patience with us. We've had some technical issues facing us today. 106.9 FM has uh, had some problems throughout the day. I think, uh, that weather caused some real havoc. One of our broadcast sites and kind of messed things up there, but uh, still available on 1390 AM, also streaming online. You can find us on 1069thefan.com or on TuneIn. Just uh, search for KLGN and we'll be there in full fidelity. And a few other little things that have affected us uh, in the building today, but uh, still trying to track it down, take care of it. Appreciate your patience as we do, but still a lot of things to discuss. We were talking about mascots this last hour. Mike Leach at uh, Washington State kind of went on a whole (laughs) tangent about who would win in a mascot battle in the Pac-12. We went through that for the Mountain West, had a few interesting responses on Twitter to that. Um, and uh, as you might suspect, got some positive reactions about the Aggie Bull. Uh, but somebody uh, at Mamachi Doug says, I'll take an Air Force F 16 Fighting Falcon. Now, uh, thanks to at Parker Rob 78, he corrects, says, you know, That's not their mascot. Wait a minute. Uh, their mascot is a Falcon, as in a real bird, not a fighter jet. Now, if, we're, if it was a fighter jet, there's no question the uh, Air Force Fighting Falcon F-16 <laughs> wins the mascot battle every day. Uh, there's nothing that can compete with a fighter jet that can drop a bomb on you and decimate the whole uh, uh, battlefield. So, uh, it, But we also got some interesting responses thinking about some of the other mascots and interesting ones we see in other sports. Obviously, there's been a lot of questions about the Utah Jazz. doesn't make a ton of sense, but uh, if you know the history behind it, it starts to. But, uh, but also, looking at the high school level, and uh, Kevin texted us in and uh, sent a message in saying about the, uh, the, the Russets. <laughs> and uh, uh, there's definitely uh, an odd mascot name, the Shelly Russets. You know what's another odd one? Is, is I just got one from uh, Darren. The Expos. Oh yeah, Montreal. Well, so I mean, well, I mean, what do you, I mean? Yes, exposing yourself would definitely intimidate other people. No. Well, they they had the world right? World Fair right there once, didn't they? That was a big thing. That the uh, expo, expo, not expose. Well, I mean, it's a plural. Montreal Expos. <laughs> Expos. That's right. Uh, what about the Jordan Beat Diggers? Yeah. I mean, their mascot was their mascot, Dwight Schrute. I am I mean, really, is that is that Dwight Schrute? Hey, what's a phoenix? Beat diggers, bears, Battlestar, Battlestar Galactica. Galactica. Michael, uh, what uh, what's a phoenix? I'm I'm serious. A is phoenix. That... It's a bird that has fire and it rises from the ashes. It's a fire bird. Not bad. I like that. Yeah, I like that. Um. Just is it one or is it multiple? That's where it gets tricky. Mmm. Mmm. Just yes. in how you pronounce it. A Lancer? Leighton Lancers? 
What is that, like a guy in ballet tights? <laughs> Thinking guys with, like, you know, like you're on a horse and you have a lance and it's like oh, you're jousting. Uh, a Knight's Tale. Uh, yeah, A Knight's Tale starring uh, Owen Wilson. <laughs> Owen Wilson was not in A Knight's yeah, Tale. Yeah, he is. No, he was not. Yes, he was. Lakers. Oh, man, yeah. That, that's a tough the one. The Bonneville Lakers. Is, it, is there a Los mascot? Los Angeles Lakers. Have you ever seen a mascot for like an LA game? Lakers game? What's a clipper? No. A haircut? Uh, it's a boat. It's a ship. A clipper's a ship? Yeah. I just saw like a pair of scissors. Like, could you imagine a mascot? Like a scissor mascot? <laughs> Somebody running out like a mask. Like a big <laughs> pair of scissors. <laughs> I'm going to cut you in half. Uh, yeah, that Lakers is another good one, man. That's a great one. Uh, New Jersey Nets. It's okay. Sure. Brooklyn Nets, I guess, is what it would be now. Piston. Yeah, I think I love that. What's a piston? It's in Detroit, Motor City. What's a piston, though? It's in the middle of an. It's an engine. It's part of an engine. A piston is a part of an engine? Yes, it's what the, makes the engine go. Okay, you're making this crap up, dude. Are you serious? I'm dead serious. That can't be real. You've never heard of a piston? No, never. You, you've all this time you have not known what a piston is. You've heard of the Detroit Pistons, you don't know what in the world their mascot is, or what that. Yeah, I've never. Team I, mascot. I've never. I mean, Detroit Pistons, huh? Okay. Um. Hey, I'm curious, how come there hasn't been a team mascot in the state of Utah called the 47ers? Wait, the team mascot called the 47ers? Yeah, why isn't there a 47ers? Why, why is there... in San Francisco, you have the 49ers. You don't have a 49ers? In Philadelphia, you have the 76ers. Why don't we have a 47ers in Utah? 47 There's got to be a minor league baseball team called that. There has to be, dude. Days of 47. It's when the Pioneers came to Utah. How come there isn't a team mascot in Utah called the 47ers? This seems odd. Well, yeah. No, that's a good point. There's uh, a team like in, uh, say, New Zealand, call themselves the 36ers. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's true. And I think there's a. Uh, G League team called the 36ers too. John Newbold tweets uh, or texts me, uh, Dinos, the Davis Darts. Darts. I'm sorry, um, I can't, I, whenever I see that, I always think of blue darts. I think of farts. Uh, <laughs> farmers, Farmer John, Granite Farmers, that's, that's what they used to be. Granite Farmers. That'd be all right, though. I'd be okay with that. What's a Commodore? It's a general, isn't it? Like, uh, it's an army... What's a Commodore? Vanderbilt Commodores? Yeah, it's a military position, isn't it? I, dude, I don't know. Like, I really don't. I, I think it's a, yeah, I want to say it's something like in regards to the military. Um, yeah. It was also a computer. I also need to find out what. It's a naval officer. Yeah, that's right. Okay, I still need to figure out what the heck Crimson Tide and Elephant have to do with each other for Alabama. I still can't figure that out, man. How is that? How is the Crimson Tide 
Someone needs to ask Saban that. Is that a deal that they Someone made long make, ago with like the guts and ask him. company that launders your clothes? Launders your core? <laughs> <laughs> um, Here, okay, here's a story about the Crimson Tide. Please. Uh, so, Hugh Roberts who was a sports editor for the Birmingham Age Herald, first used the term Crimson Tide. Uh, he, he used it to describe crimson and white-clad Alabama's performance in the game back in 1907. So just like a, a wave of red. But it was not red. It was crimson was the official color. So crimson tide. Interesting. Very interesting. That's a very short version of its origin. So, yeah. I mean, we went through like a list of teams that have weird. That actually kind of intrigues me. I need to go home and just look up those. Bunch of teams. But it still doesn't explain to me how the elephant comes into the picture. Yeah, how does Reggie fit into all this? His name is Big Al, by the way. What? Yeah. Alabama's elephant mascot is named Big Al. The, hmm. the, Alabama used to be known just simply as Varsity. And then crimson white, which were the school colors, and the thin red line. But then after some game back in 1907, this uh, sports writer described the players that looked like a red tidal wave. So that's why they called them the crimson tide. But uh, yeah, there's some interesting mascots out there. Uh, apparently, the elephant came into the picture back in 1930. How? Some excited fan in the stands yelled, Hold your horses, the elephants are coming. And out stamped this Alabama varsity. Okay, so that's just a lazy, lazy, lazy job by Alabama. So then they started calling them the red elephants. Well, that's the as far as the uh, the linemen on that team that won the national championship. He referred to them as the Red Elephants. In the 1930s, the school had a live elephant named Alamite that they'd parade around. Alamite. Then they would hire him from. They had one on campus permanently for about ten years. Then they started hiring him away from traveling circuses. Just for homecoming. So, anyway, there's a brief history. I mean, it goes on. But that's the brief history of Alabama Crimson Tide and how an elephant comes into the, into the picture. Still seems a little bizarre. Ooh, I like this one. It's got another message. Orofino High School in Idaho. Okay. Maniacs. What? Orofino Maniacs. 
So they just like let the asylum out. That's your mascot. I mean, what it? Yeah, how would you? I mean, do you take like an animaniac and from the cartoon and dress him up? Just you're crazed. You wanna? You're, you're just gonna go out there. Maniac. So, so their fight song is the animaniac song. We're the animaniacs. <laughs> uh, yeah. Huh. That, that's an in. I've never heard of that one in my life. Ever. You know, we had an interesting thought process What's here locally over the last couple of years with two new high schools. Yeah. About how do you, what do you do for a new mascot? School colors. All of that. Ridgeline with the River Hawks. Which, technically speaking, there's no such thing as a river hawk, though it closely resembles an osprey, apparently. And then Green Canyon went with the wolves. Hmm. You, did you ever know that though, when New Orleans was changing their AAA baseball name, they had a bunch of weird names, and they finally came up with Baby Cakes? Baby Cakes, yes. Dude, that still upsets uh, Steve Klauke. He never... So when I did his games and I produced them, he never called El Paso the Chihuahuas. He called them the Little Yappers. Always. <laughs> Why always. wouldn't he call them the Chihuahuas? He wouldn't do it. I don't know. He wouldn't do it, though. In the three years that I worked, four years I worked for him, never called them the Chihuahuas. He always said the Little Yappers. Or, and then New Orleans, when they changed the name to Baby Cakes, he never called. They just say, Salt Lake Bees take on New Orleans. That's all he'd say. He would never call them Baby Cakes. Oh, uh, how how about the Zips? Were they Akron? Akron Zips? Yeah, yeah, that's right. Akron, that's another one, man. Forget, Wichita a, State Shockers. There you go. Oh, that mascot is creepy looking. I've never seen it. It is bizarre. It is just weird. Ohio State Buckeyes. I mean, yeah, it's, it's like a, a flower. Well, it's like a nut. It's a, yeah, it's a plant. Well, it's more like it's more than nut than the plant. Here's some other strange ones. How about the Fonduloc sock spiders? No, stop it. There's no way. Are you or, serious? Me, or is it dock? It's dock spiders, not sock spiders. You just butchered it. Still, it's dock. Good for you. Dock spiders. Northwoods League. Collegiate Summer Baseball League in Upper Midwest and Canada. That's where they play. Oh, man. Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp. <laughs> is that real? It's real. Really is? Minnesota Wild. I've always wondered about that one. Fire. Yeah. Fire? Yeah, fire. You like that? Yeah, it's like wildfire. Yeah, like, yeah, wild. It's fire. Batavia Muck Dogs. Yes, man. Oh, yeah. Triple it's a minor league baseball yes. team. Yes. Yeah. It's affiliate of the Miami Marlins. Mm hmm. The Muck Dogs. I love that one. What about a mud hen? Yeah, Tol- mud hens. Toledo mud hens? We, do we have mud hens in our uh, fantasy league? Probably, dude. I don't want to think about it. So, no one guy would always have his fantasy team as the mud hens. Uh, Lehigh Valley Iron Pigs. Okay. I can go with that. I can go with that. 
I guess it's a reference to pig iron used in the manufacturing of steel. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Savannah sand gnats. Okay, that I'm not going with. That you just need to absolutely cross off the list. What? Eliminate your world, program as a whole. The sand gnat. They're purposely trying to be bizarre. Baseball team? Yes, of course. It's just because you run out of so many options, right? I mean, you can't call a team the Marlins. You can't, I mean, Sharks. You can't call them the, I guess you call them the Sharks, but I mean, you're a baseball team. And if you're in like, the middle of the West, you can't, we're the Iowa Sharks. Why? Uh, how about the Montgomery Biscuits? Yes, that's another baseball team, yeah. That's right. Does Cornhuskers throw you off at all? Uh, no. No? Okay. Fair enough. Asheville Tourists? Okay, that's bad. What in the world? Yeah, that's bad. What's, what? Uh, never mind, I'm not going to say that on air. Southern Illinois Salukis? It's a type of dog. Indiana State Sycamores. Oh, yeah. Good Larry one. Bird played for the Sycamores. He sure did. He sure did. That's right. I forgot about that one. Florida Fire Frogs. Okay. Well, that's an Braves Class A affiliate. I mean, okay. Could be worse. Evansville Purple Aces. It's the Missouri Valley Conference. Purple Aces, huh? Okay. Uh, Delaware Blue Hens. Okay. A couple others real quick. Binghamton Rumble Ponies. <laughs> <laughs> the Manhattan Jaspers. What's a Jasper? Apparently, it's... I keep thinking it, of Casper, the freaking friendly ghost, man. <laughs> Jaspers, not Caspers. <laughs> I know. I'm just saying. Uh, apparently, it comes from one of the college's most memorable figures, Brother Jasper of Mary, who served at the college in the late 19th century. Uh, University of Missouri, Kansas City, Kangaroos. St. Bonaventure Bonnies. That's just a play on its own name. St. Louis Billikens. That one's always confused me. Wait, which one? Say that again. St. Louis Billikens. It's a Billiken. Uh, a charm doll? Back in the early 1900s? Uh, the Gauchos, Santa Barbara, Banana Slugs, UC Santa Cruz. Dude, that's bad. <laughs> Banana Slugs. Horned Frogs, TCU, Stony Brook, Sea Wolves. We just saw the Sea Wolves. Sure did. That was all right. I'm okay with that one. South Dakota School of Mines and Technology, Hard Rockers. Okay. That's... You think it'd be like a big dude with big hair and like... Grungy clothes and sure, it's an easy mascot. Giving to dress you a rock up on, to. but no, it's a guy that looks like he's going down into the mine. Oh, okay, South Dakota, I guess that that makes sense. Nuggets, Denver Nuggets. Yeah, Golden Nuggets. I mean, I mean, no, I mean, and they don't dress up as a chicken nugget. 
the golden nugget. Oh, you see Irvine anteaters. Mm. What's a uh, what's you see Davis? What's you see Santa Barbara? Uh, didn't we just do you see Santa Barbara? I think we did. Sorry. Uh, I just want to keep going through this list. Webster University Gorlocks. What the heck? What's a Gorlock? I really don't know what these things are. I, I'm learning so much right now, and I'm sure our, our it, listeners are bored to death. The but Gorlock is a combination of two intersecting streets on Webster's campus, Gore and Lockwood Avenues. And so they had a competition. What does a Gorlock look like? Okay, weird. Long hair, dreads, braids. No, it looks like some uh, like something you'd see out of uh, where the wild things are. Oh, UC Davis's Aggies. Oh, right. Washburn Ichabods. Trinity Christian Tro- College Trolls. Why aren't there more mythical creatures as mascots? Illinois College Blue Boys and Lady Blues. The Lady Blues? St. Francis Xavier University X-Men and X-Women. Oh, jeez. But it has nothing to do with the uh, Marvel characters of the same name. Yeah, why isn't anybody like called like the Jokers or the Smeagles or the, uh, or the Ewoks? The Ewoks would be a the great Ewoks. one. Um, or the uh, Dumbledores. Chewbacca's. The Chewbacca. Oh, see, that's a good one. Or Sasquatches. Wookies. Why there's a Wookie? Yeah, Sasquatches over tourists, please. Scottsdale Community College artichokes. That's all right. I'm cool with that one. Heidelberg University student princes. What? Okay, that's not good. Oglethorpe University stormy petrels. A stormy petrel is a seabird. Apparently, <laughs> there's a school in Wisconsin called the Galloping Ghosts. Yeah, yeah, there is. I did know that. That one's actually pretty cool. Uh, Hoopston area high school corn jerkers. And you guys suck. <laughs> corn jerkers. I can only imagine. Oh. Camus Papermakers. Oh. Fisher High School Bunnies. Goodrich High School Martians. But it mm. looks like a, a Spartan or a gladiator. Hmm. Colorado, Colorado Rocky Mountain School Oysters. Yeah, there's a couple of those. <laughs> it's a picture of the guy like holding the stuffed animal of a bull, but it has like little golden bells underneath it. For Rocky Mountain Oysters. Why would you want to name your mascot after Rocky Mountain Oysters? Uh, Okay. It just gets, it goes on and on. There's some really, really weird mascots out there. Bloomington Prairie High School Awesome Blossoms. (laughs) It's like a flower with all of a sudden sprouted arms and legs and has muscles. <laughs> it's just it's really bizarre. Chatt- Chattanooga Central High School Purple Pounders. 
Wait, say that one more time. Please. Mascot please. does not look right. Please say it one more time. <laughs> and then I'll guess the mascot, please. Chattanooga Central High School Purple Pounders. Barney Dinosaur. Is that what it is? No. Guess doesn't have any purple on him. <laughs> Dressed in black. Looks like it's a big oversized hammer. He's got like quad muscles that are as big as his head. Like what? swell this massive. That would and it looks like he's wearing a loincloth. It just is very disturbing. <laughs> I know what I'm going to be for Halloween. Uh, oh my gosh. <laughs> oh, there's the mas- the the maniacs. Oh, what's the mascot? Orofino High School Maniacs. So what's the mascot? It looks like a crazed person with hair going all over the place. <laughs> Honestly, it kind of looks like he's wearing a diaper. And it says OHS across his chest, and he's got his mouth open wide like he's yelling. With a giant oversized nose. Uh, apparently, there was a state hospital built in Orofino back in 1905, which housed mentally ill patients. Yeah, that's not uh, insensitive. Uh, Cairo High School syrup makers. <laughs> syrup makers. <laughs> syrup makers. New Braunfels unicorns. Now, how come this is the first reference of a yeah, unicorn? Yeah, that's what I was just thinking, too. Because we've heard, like, what is it, Little Ponies or Show Ponies or what we? What was it? Like, there's something about a pony mascot. Why are we just barely hearing about a unicorn? And the waters meet Nimrods. That explains a lot about that one. It looks like he's a like a, a trapper hunter guy, like a beaver pelt on his head with some feathers coming out, with a big beard and long hair. And he's the Nimrods. That's awesome. Camas High School papermakers, and they have a machine that looks like it's a big set of rollers with an angry face. That's the papermakers. Oh, boy. There's some weird ones out there. Thank you to Michael H. for sending us down this rabbit hole. Yeah, I took an hour of our show right there. Oh so thank you. Uh, we got a lot of interesting responses via text and on Twitter. We appreciate the responses. On uh, that note, we will get back to our regularly scheduled programming and getting you ready for Utah State, San Diego State. Rocky Long made some comments. Um, immediately following the game Saturday and on a radio show yesterday, I want to get some of those. He did have his press conference today. We'll be breaking that down and sharing more of it tomorrow when we do our In the Know segment uh, when we face uh, where we hear from those that are in the know, coaches and players included, uh, about the Utah State and uh, uh, San Diego State matchup, which is coming up this weekend. So we'll get into that, hear from what they have to say, and also interesting comments from their athletic director weighing in about this uh, new rule, this new law that's waiting on the governor's desk of California to sign into law about paying players and how that could affect a school like San Diego State, whether that gives them a competitive advantage 
or maybe gives them a competitive disadvantage. Interesting to hear his comments on it. We'll hear that all coming up next here on the Full Court Press. The new home for the Full Court Press. Weekday afternoons from 4 to 6 on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Eric Franson, Andrzej Salveson, and uh, Full Court Press continuing on. Stat that blew our minds. Player of the Week. All that's coming up next here on the Full Court Press. Uh, first, interesting comments from the athletic director at uh, San Diego State talking about this new law that is just waiting a, a governor's signature before it really becomes law in California that would allow players in California to to receive compensation for their uh, image and likeness. So they could sign sponsorship deals if somebody wants to use them in a commercial or to show up at their store, then they would have some compensation that would go to the players. Problem is, NCAA says right as of right now, the rules say you can't do that. So if California passed this, the NCAA has said, you would lose eligibility the moment you take a penny. Um, now, other places, other states are also talking about doing it. The NCAA is moving in that direction to do it, but California is moving ahead. So how would it affect a team like San Diego State? Because there could be a chance where this is it could give schools in California an uncompetitive or a, an overcompetitive advantage for – uh, if they were able to pay their players and give them additional compensation. So interesting comments and commentary from J.D. Wicker. Uh, he is the athletic director at San Diego State, and he made these comments on Sunday on a, tele- in a sports television show in San Diego. The NCAA is currently working on name, image, and likeness. We have a working group that's been working on this since uh, late spring, early summer. We'll come out with recommendations in October. And again, the NCAA is, it's 1,100 schools over 50 states. And the frustration is when the state of California tries to do something on its own, then it creates some negative ramifications for for the schools within the state of California. So our goal would be allow the NCAA to do their work, craft legislation for name, image, and likeness, and then go from there. If, if California is doing something that the NCAA is looking into, is there a possibility of them working together in other states like South Carolina, others that are interested in passing similar legislation, uh, again, to work with the NCAA to make this happen rather than the NCAA saying, you guys pump the brakes on this and let us handle it in the background? We've been asking the state of California, the legislative body, uh, to do just that. And we haven't made any headway with them, which is very unfortunate. So hopefully Governor Newsom will... Uh, allow us to do that, and he'll hold the bill and allow us to do our work, and then they can come back and revisit it if it's something they're not satisfied with. What's the worst-case scenario that you'd obviously like to avoid if the bill gets passed and then suddenly schools in California are are put in a position where the NCAA doesn't approve of of what they're doing, what their student-athletes are able to do in terms of profiting off their likeness? Well, if, if you get to 2023 and you have a student-athlete who 
goes out and you know somehow gets a sponsorship or whatever it may be and it doesn't fit within the rules of the NCAA then that student athletes ineligible to play and if we as an institution said well no the state law says they can play and we try to play them then we as the institution would be ineligible so we couldn't play in championships basketball tournaments those types of things and then schools outside of California would look at us as, as having potentially you know a leg up on them so they potentially wouldn't schedule us. It seemed like something was bound to happen you kind of touched on it there I mean the NCAA was looking into this given the current climate and the conversations that are happening we were going to go down this road eventually correct? Right. Yeah. I mean, I think you look back, cost of attendance got passed five or six years ago. Uh, you know, there's more freedom to feed our student athletes more and more, better nutritional opportunities, and now name, image, and likeness. It's not like the NCAA hasn't been progressing. It's just not at some people's pace um, that they'd like to see. I mean, it's the, it's the instant gratification world of where I can type something into Google and in 1.1 seconds I can have the answer. So it takes time when you're dealing with 1,100 different institutions. Yeah, interesting. Uh, this is something that's probably going to happen. Uh, the fact that California is already moving ahead seems I don't know, a little pretentious. Uh, but if if it, if it passes, San Diego State, San Jose State, Fresno State, their standing in the Mountain West would be at risk. Um, so... Interesting. Uh, if you had an opportunity to earn a little extra money by going to one of those schools, yeah, that creates a competitive advantage for them. But if you can't compete for in a bowl game or a national championship or a NCAA-sanctioned basketball tournament, that's the kind of the, the negative aspect, the flip side to that. So uh, interesting to see how schools in the Mountain West Conference are having to try to deal with this as well. Uh, so it's not just a national thing that's just kind of happening out there. There's schools in, the, in this conference that Utah State was going to be facing that uh, trying to wade their way through this. Yeah, it's, it's kind of an interesting topic, and it's actually becoming more increasingly um, vocal from the school side or from the state side saying, look, we, we see the investment that this is becoming and the way that this could affect universities in a positive way and i think that's why they're running towards that or at least running on that track tell me is there a win for the or is there a way for the ncaa and the for example the state of california to find a middle ground on this where both the state of california can pay the athletes and the ncaa can say well look there's I mean, is there a middle ground to it, or is it there's no way? NCAA just needs to understand this is how it's going to be from now on. Well, I, I think that I think the NCAA needs to figure out what they're going to do. I don't think one state can have one set of rules, and there that affects the schools in their state, regardless of what yes conference they're exactly. in. Exactly, and and then have other states have something different. If you're going to be in the NCAA, these are the standards. Uh, I, I think that. There's been discussion about adopting the Olympic model. You'll see Olympic athletes appear on Wheaties boxes. Sure. They'll talk about Coca-Cola or whatever and McDonald's, but they, they don't, uh, it doesn't affect their amateur status. They figure out a way to make that work, and their claim is it helps cover the costs for training and all the work that they need to do and travel to competitions and so that's how they've still been able to justify what happens for them. 
and how they can get that compensation. I think that makes a lot of sense that uh, use a similar model, but um, the, the fact of the matter is there's so much money in college athletics sure, and that the big powers that be, they don't want to spread it around. They don't want to share it. They want to keep lining their own pockets. Do you... But At the I, expense of free labor. But here's the, the thing, and well, and that's the thing is guys like Johnny Manziel, Zion Williamson, Tim Tebow, uh, I might even put Alex Smith on that list. Just think of all the great athletes in college. Bo Jackson, right? When we played video games, like I did, I, I immensely, I was obsessed with the college football and college basketball video games. I used to love those things. And we did. We used their likenesses, right? We played as those players, knowing even though they didn't have the name on the back of the jersey, we knew full well who number 15 for Florida was. It was Tim Tebow. Um, and, and you knew who number 34 was for Auburn. It's Bo Jackson. You knew who number 32 was for USC when you played the game. You had O.J. Simpson. And, um, and so all, even all the classic teams they had, you were still using the likenesses of those players. And they were never being rewarded for it. When you saw a kid take a number one Duke jersey and wear it to a game, is that what was it? Number one or zero? Was I? In, I think it was number one. I thought it was one. Was it one? And he would. And but you see a kid wear a jersey there. It, they're representing Zion, right? And, and there's a story on the thirty for thirty, right, of uh, Michigan. One of the great stories. And uh, Chris Weber, he's he's with somebody, and. Uh, and, they, and he asked the, hey, the person, hey, do you want to buy me a hamburger? He's like, hey, you know, I can't do that. And then he sees someone walking out with a Chris Weber jersey, and he says, I'll never, ever make money for that. Ever. Five months later, he, or no, to me, four months later, he entered into the draft for the NBA. And I think that's what chases people away, is that from college sports, that's like, look, I, I, I'm doing all these great things, but I'm not getting rewarded for it financially. You know, I'm not getting paid for it. Reggie Bush, Matt Leinart, that, that USC 04 team could have made so much money. In LA, the team of like, they were the Hollywood team, right? Right, they were void of national football Bingo, at the time. and they never made a doggone, do- well, unless you're Reggie Bush, never made a dime off of it. Um, and, and so... Like and and for people to say, well, you know, they get this free, they get this free, this free, they get their school free, they get their home free. Yes, but still, people are using their likenesses and taking advantage of it without them getting a dime out of it. I can totally see why California did it. In fact, I actually applaud California for recognizing the situation and 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 benefiting those kids. I just wish now they turn around and say, "Hey, Reggie Bush, we're good." Because that one still bugs me. Yeah, I, I I go back and forth. On one hand, these players do receive a, a tremendous compensation for what they do on the field. Uh, a opportunity for a quality education, health care, living expenses, um, and nutrition. So there, there's a huge benefit that they already receive for what they do on the field. But... If there are things outside of that, um, that where they get their image and likeness, um, yeah, should there be additional compensation considered? Can they take it even further? Uh, I think it's a discussion. Definitely, the NCAA is having 
Uh, if it c- continues to go down a different road where it becomes fractured, other states trying to pass certain laws and they're allowing it, but the NCAA as a governing body doesn't, it's going to be chaotic. Yeah. Absolute chaos. Yeah, I would agree. And that's and, and that's where they need to get a fix and settled soon. And the NCAA, NCAA needs to realize that, hey, look, this is this is what it is. Um, and, and this is kind of, it's 2019 and they need to make adjustments. Hey, uh, shifting back, uh, circling back to San Diego State, uh, some comments by Rocky Long. This was, uh, a question was posed to him um, about this team, San Diego State Aztecs, maybe have a little bit of momentum now. They've won three in a row. They're coming into this game against Utah State. And Rocky Long always wanted to keep his team in proper perspective. Can't worry about the game after this one. You got to worry about this game. You can't worry about the game you just played. You got to worry about this game, and this one's a big one because I think it's the best team in the conference coming in here. He's calling Utah State the best team in the conference. Best team in the conference coming to San Diego is that the question, or is it the best team in the conference? Uh, no, best the best team in the conference going to San Diego. Rocky Long has always been good to. Act like whoever his next opponent is, they're the best ever at something. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Absolutely true. Which gives his team properly dialed in and focused, and then they play well. In fact, I remember, was it last year? I think we interviewed, I don't know if you remember this, Eric. We interviewed Colorado State's play-by-play voice for basketball. And he does football too, but he has that trend as well. He's always like, yeah, we'll see. We, we're struggling in this area, this area, this area. We suck at this. We're bad at this. I mean, it, I mean, this could be a blowout here for Utah State, the way this – and then all of a sudden, it's like, I mean, for football, it's 13 to 10, like the fourth <laughs> quarter, and we're trailing. And he, then he did it for, like, basketball, and it was like, dude, stop, man. Well, he, well old Coach Howdy Doody over there. In <laughs> Call him Howdy Doody. Colorado Springs. He's famous for that, too. <laughs> I love that Audi duty. I for, man, I forgot about that. I need to find that audio. <laughs> <laughs> he always talks about that the way he talks, you kind of believe him. Whoever his opponent is, they're the best ever. And the team facing him that week is they're the best team they're ever going to face. And then the next week, it's the best team they're ever going to face again. But um, with Rocky Long, one of the things that he talked about on a uh, radio program uh, yesterday was talking about just how explosive USU is at multiple positions, and that has him and his team a little bit worried. Well, number one, they got the best quarterback in our league and one of the best quarterbacks in the country. Mm-hmm. He's completing over 70% of his passes, and he's throwing for over 400 yards a game, and their offense is scoring 48 points a game, and they're over 600 and something yards a game in total offense. So so obviously it starts at the quarterback. they got the best quarterback in our league, and then they got a couple good running backs that can take it to the house. they got... Probably four wide receivers, one of them that's extremely fast. That all you got to do is throw a little bubble screen out there to him. And if you don't tackle him the first time, all you're going to see is him going into the end zone. Uh, certainly a high praise for USU. But uh, how much of that is just looking at what they did against a lower division team? No, Hagee's team is pretty good. And I think he sees that defensively, offensively, they're very well balanced. Uh, very uh, athletic, skilled, fast. So, I mean, yeah, it's 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 not just fluff. It's not based on them beat Stony Brook sixty-two to seven. It's based on the fact that 
You know, they went to Wake Forest and nearly beat them. Probably should have beat them, actually. Should have beat them, yes. uh, You know, they lose some talent last year, but they look like they're on the same track this year, Eric. And I think San Diego State realizes that. And they also realize that, hey, look, this team realizes they, they have a they have a little chip on their shoulder of not having this, uh, this, this grudge of never winning at San Diego State. They want that thought eliminated from all history books, ASAP. One thing that the Aztecs are really working on is trying to be more balanced. They've been very well known as a strong running team. Uh, but in some of their earlier games this season, it was their passing game, which was quite effective. Last week, it was more of a ground game, and they did that to chew clock and just get out of there. But uh, Rocky Long is concerned that his team needs to be more balanced to be effective. I think we're improving on offense as we go. I mean, in the second week of the season, we threw the ball much, much better than we have in the past. And uh, this last week, we finally got the running game going. So hopefully we're going to do both this week, throw it well and run it well, because we're going to need to, because the team we're playing is as explosive a football team as you've ever seen. All right, some more thoughts about Utah State-San Diego State as we get ready for uh, game day coming up on Saturday. Also have our player and stat that blew our mind Coming up next here in the Full Court Press. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Eric Franson, Ajay Salveson. Hey, have you seen these? Uh, this NFL 100? All this stuff is great, but they're doing like the top 100 plays. They're going to do the top 100 greatest teams. Top 100 greatest players, like this is this is actually pretty cool stuff. It's kind of mixed. I mean, there's some throwback good stuff on here. Antonio Cromartie's 109 yard touchdown return off a missed field goal. Steve Bartowski hail mary to Billy White in '83. I mean, there's some cool stuff here that I've never seen before. So do you do you do you miss that they would count extra yards in the end zone if you brought it out from yes the end zone yes because now they don't count it. It's just Wherever you are in the yep. end zone, if you bring it out, it's just 100 yards, whatever. Yep, I miss that, man. Because it made it special. Like, Antonio Cromartie saying, yeah, I returned the ball 109 yards is, is amazing. Ed Reed did it. You know, it's, it, it's, it's so cool. I love it. All right, uh, let's get into a stat that blew our mind. Stat that blew my mind. For me, this is uh, relating to this weekend, actually. San Diego State... They got an interception against the New Mexico State Aggies over the weekend. Mm-hmm. And with that, you, San Diego State is number one in the country in getting interceptions since 2015. No one in all of college football has more interceptions since 2015 than San Diego State. On the flip side, San Diego State is also number one in fewest interceptions thrown since 2015. Wait, really? Yes. So they don't throw them, and they they take them away. San Diego State, very good. Now, granted, they don't throw as much as most teams. They're very reliant on the run game. Uh, when you do that, you diminish your chances of throwing an interception. But San Diego State and interceptions, number one in takeaways and in fewest thrown. That's a good stat. Um, a couple of things stood out to me. Uh, <laughs> I'm just going to make sure I have this right. Sorry, I'm just making sure I read this right so I don't get myself in trouble. Uh, so, about, 
the Patriots. My man, Tom Brady. TB12. Greatest to ever do it, right? Uh... As good as he's been, this defense has been incredible. Listen to the following possessions for the offense for both Steelers and Dolphins combined. Are you ready? Punt, three and out, three and out, three and out, downs, end a half. Field goal punt, downs, interception, end a game. Three and out, punt, three and out, three and out, three and out, interception, three and out, three and out, pick six, pick six, interception. There's no stat to that, but I'm just saying, dude, in two games, three, four, seven, nine, Nine three and outs, two pick six sixes, three interceptions, and one turnover on downs. No, two turnovers on downs. 76 to three. That's incredible. And that defense was supposed to be struggling this year. Yeah, not so much. Not a problem. Not at all. Uh, hey, who's your player of the week? Uh, mine, oh man, this was tough for me, actually. I really had a hard time with this one. Um, cause there were some, I, cause I thought I had it in college. Uh, and then I decided that, um, I don't know. I just, I felt like there was something. All right. So about three days ago. Yeah, there it is. Uh, Pete Alonzo is tied with Mike Trout for the MLB lead in home rounds with 45. He is the latest Met. Oh, sorry. This is the latest, according to Elias Sports and Bureau, the latest that a Met has been tied for MLB in lead in home runs since Dave Kingman did so in, 20, in uh, September 28th of 76. Pete Alonzo, dude, has been a difference maker for the New York Mets in the lineup because that offense was dead like, in an erupt for so long, and they finally found their way. And Alonzo's been the reason why. That kid's balling out right now in really the most important time of the year for them. Uh, for me, my player of the week, I know his teammate was recognized as the Mountain West Offensive Player. He also had a teammate recognized as the Defensive Player of the Week. But I'm going with Caden Remsburg. He is a running back for the Air Force. 146 yards and a touchdown. Big overtime win for the Falcons over the Buffaloes. Over the weekend, um, but uh, just that that running attack for Air Force is is pretty real this year. So uh, both offensive and defensive guys were recognized, but uh, he's my offensive or player of the week. 